0: Welcome to the Modern Merrowman Podcast with Tom Hicks and John DeVito. Modern Merrowman is a podcast from the Man of God Network, brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. We're hosting a weekly conversation on the law and the gospel so that church leaders and Christian laypeople will rightly divide the word of truth. Uh, Tom, it's good to see you once again. It's great to be back this week, brother. And we uh, have uh, a guest that uh, we had before, Uh, so why don't you reintroduce him, Tom?
1: Yes, well, we are grateful, Brother Fred, to have you on the podcast with us today. Glad to be here. Uh, Dr. Fred Malone has served, served with me as a pastor at First Baptist of Clinton, Louisiana, over the past four years, and I can just say it's been a great honor to serve with him. Uh, he is now the pastor emeritus at First Baptist Church in Clinton. Uh, he, he serves on the board of directors at Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. And he also teaches at two theological institutions, both at CBTS and IRBSTS. Uh, also, Dr. Malone is authored A String of Pearls Unstrung, uh, as well as The Baptism of Disciples Alone.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it's good to have you with us and uh, continue this discussion we began last time looking at the law and gospel and pastoral ministry. You know, what what difference all of this makes as we're seeking to serve Christ and uh, care for his his church, uh, but today we wanted to focus a little bit more on the, the the fruitfulness then of the law and gospel uh, as we consider uh, the the importance of it here. And so, what are some warnings you would like to give future pastors and those in the ministries? We try to better understand the law and the gospel.
2: Well, uh, first of all, the the doctrine of the law and gospel that I teach is is basically uh, <clears throat> the same as. What came out of the Reformation, under Luther, Calvin, and others, and um, that uh, that under the law and gospel, you understand uh, what justification by faith alone is from the condemnation of the law, and also what sanctification is in terms of uh, what is what is the uh, goal of uh, Christian holiness. And it is Christ's likeness uh, where you keep the law of God by faith in uh, redeemed under law and by faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, He said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's still in the Bible, John 14, 15. And it is a statement of Christ and a a call for the Christian to study his commandments, uh, which I believe includes the Ten Commandments. And uh, and to learn how to live out internally and externally uh, his commandments of love, and so uh, in terms of warnings to pastors, I, I think I would say that uh, theology sometimes goes through fads and periods. And uh, <clears throat> for instance, in the um, '70s, there was a great renewal of interest in covenant theology among pedo-baptist and reformed baptist and um, and 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 there was a great deal of intensity they were questioning every point of it and uh, and then divisions occurred in terms of which theological camp you should you fall into Uh, and the same is true of the law and gospel theology there has been a rise of interest in the law and the gospel I would say in the last 10 or 15 years That was not so much there before. It was more covenants. But the thing that uh, Paul warned Timothy about is that there were men who would come into the church and wanted to be teachers of the law. But they did not understand even the words they were using uh, for the people and led them astray from justification by faith alone and to a legal sanctification, which in which one had to obey certain things, particularly in Judaism or, or uh, uh, the Judaizers, I should say. Uh, so Paul exhorted Timothy to keep the gospel clear, to keep uh, Christian obedience to God's law clear and not be led away by teachers. There are some teachers that are out there who claim to believe the law and the gospel. Uh, they're very popular in print, and on the internet, uh, who I believe do not understand the law and the gospel properly. Hmm. And that has led into various movements. Um, uh, I can name uh, off the top of my head a number, but um, covenant nomism, uh, or uh, that's been exhibited in the federal vision uh, movement of the past 25, 30 years, uh, is one. And uh, in, in which they teach that uh, uh, final justification by God at the, only occurs at the judgment seat. And, and that uh, it must be a justification based on faith plus non-meritorious works, which is in addition to the gospel of faith alone. Mm-hmm. And, and then there are other uh, movements. For instance, uh, uh, the social justice movement uh, in many ways, has an error in the law and gospel in understanding um, the priority of the commandments of God in the Christian life and what they mean, uh, sometimes jumping over personal holiness to social action, and so uh, uh, which is the actual theology of the liberals and the modernists in the early part of the 19th or latter 18th and uh latter 19th and early 20th century so these these movements come along and people forget about them and they renew themselves again so i would encourage pastors to be very careful about uh following uh new ideas that come out there test them by the scripture and we always say that but um, uh, look at look at the church in the new testament for instance uh, my brothers, and, and see uh, what were its emphases in terms of evangelism, holiness, and extending the gospel into the world. Do, mm-hmm. we, do, do we see uh, in the New Testament the church uh, advocating and, and uh, going forth on the basis of the law and gospel, the things that are uh, being done and emphasized by many churches today, in various movements and uh so you know did the early church not understand the law and gospel did jesus and his apostles not understand it Uh, i think we have the example of what it means in action by the building of the church in the new testament and we need to be very careful about going aside from that so that's one warning i would give uh to pastors the second is um there's a difference between that which is uh, based upon uh, scripture, that which that which is instituted by scripture, and that which comes from uh, quote unquote, good and necessary consequence, that is uh, looking at scripture and then drawing conclusions or applications or implications from the scripture. Now we all use good and necessary, uh, consequence in terms of uh, forming, for instance, our systematic theology. We take all the scriptures on God, and we form our doctrine of God, uh, and 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 so forth. Uh, but but to uh, to take um, uh, that doctrine of God, and then to create corollaries, or conclusions, or consequences, or actions uh, by logic. Uh, can be possibly erroneous. And and we have to be careful that we do not go beyond Scripture uh, in terms of drawing uh, logical inferences or doctrines, corollary doctrines. And I think that's being ignored today by many in, in various movements. So I believe the Scripture is very simple and clear about um, what is the gospel, what is, what is the law, and what is uh, justification and sanctification, and also the mission of the church. And we can be easily drawn off from the law or the gospel or both um, by not staying to the word of God. Sanctify them in the truth, Jesus said to his father, Pray to his father, thy word is truth.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that that you mentioned that sticks out to me is uh, you mentioned the modern social justice movement. And, uh, you know, and, and as it relates to this and, you know, Jesus in Matthew 23, 23 uh, says, uh, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithes of mint and anise and common and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving others undone. So, of course, he's emphasizing the importance of, of justice and, and not losing that yet uh, as Uh, Important as justice is, uh, what's justice referred to there as? But the law. The
2: law of God is the definition of sin and righteousness.
0: Amen. And so for those who are going to say that uh, the the, the social justice is a gospel issue, we start to hear this confusion come in, don't we?
2: Yes, we do, because it attaches some kind of works or position to the gospel to be sure that you are really saved. Right, right. So just one example of many, but, but uh, Tom, Fred, thank you for
1: that. That was very helpful and kind of along the same lines, but on the opposite side, you've given us some warnings, helpful warnings about law and gospel. Uh, but what are some encouragements, positively, that you would give to future pastors and those in the ministry
2: as we grow in our understanding of law and gospel? Well, there are many uh, positive things and encouragements that come from understanding the law and gospel. First of all, you don't go crazy every day because the, you are uh, looking to God's word and truth to evaluate uh, not only your own soul, but also uh, in your ministry to others and also the mission of the church and, and uh, Christian ethics, uh, so many things. And, um, and, and and the encouragement is that if you have a clear sound on the law and gospel theology in your own life, your example as a Christian is going to be uh, more uh, holistic in terms of what is Christ-likeness in the New Testament. You are not gonna be moved from the preaching of the gospel, uh, clearly the call to Christ-like holiness, uh, the call of the church to Uh, uh, preach the gospel to all the world, the gospel, and and not social justice or something else, but but rather that you are, uh, it helps you to yourself know by your understanding of this, of of what is the truth and keeps you from being distracted from your work as a pastor and getting off uh, on rabbit trails that do not contribute either to your own soul or the souls of your people. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's that's one blessing. But uh, the other one is Christ said so clearly, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And what we have in the New Testament is him building his church and the gates of hell did not prevail against it because it preached the gospel that Christ brought. And it also uh, uh, taught the truth about what is true holiness uh, what is the mission of the church, to preach the gospel, to live holy lives, and to uh, uh, bring glory to God in all that it does according to the scriptures. And this is where we get in worship, for instance, the regulative principle of worship, that we're to do what God has commanded and, and that we're not to do what is, uh, someone may say, well, that, that would be nice, but rather we do what uh, uh, God has commanded Christian worship to be Amen. in its simplicity, in its spirituality, uh, rather than trying to please God in our worship, but rather to praise God for his grace. And so uh, pastors have every encouragement. Uh, if, you, if you have a sound doctrine of law and gospel, it doesn't mean that your church will grow into a mega church, but it does mean that Christ Uh, will bless your work with the truth, and the church will be built, souls will be saved, because this is the doctrine of evangelism and justification and sanctification. And uh, if we want to know what glorification is, it is uh, heaven forever with a people that embody and fulfill the righteousness of God's law, which is reflection of his character. And under Christ, we have that promise before us. Now, we live a faithful life. We seek to become Christ-like in everything we do. We obey His commandments, trusting Him with the consequences. And also, we take up the uh, we take up the cross of Christ by holding forth to His truth. We will suffer for it. Yeah. And, and we will face opposition. It's not about getting a life where everybody is, has, you know, is, is middle-class income, and all their needs are met, and everybody's happy, and all your children are converted, and you know, everybody loves you. Well, that's, that's put forth in false promises because the doctrine of suffering uh, in the New Testament of those who believe the law and the gospel, who believe in Christ, is that they will suffer for it and have a wonderful opportunity to bear witness to him in the process. And they look forward to their heavenly comforts while they fight the good fight on earth today. Um, so we have every reason to to believe it and to press on with it and not be distracted from sound theology by everything that comes along the way. Amen. Amen. Well, then maybe personalizing
0: this a little bit more into our own lives those who are in the ministry or looking at going into the ministry, how does a right understanding of the law and gospel change a pastor?
2: Oh, there's so many ways. (laughs) I mean, it's uh, uh, Charles Bridges, uh, Lloyd-Jones, Joel Beakey, and his book on pastoral theology, they're all saying the first thing is to, uh, a faithful or a fruitful ministry is, is a pastor who grows in holiness and Christ's likeness himself. And so um, uh, we have to get our understanding of God, of the doctrines of the scripture in hand in, in, a, in a good way or a general way in order to live as a Christian ourselves. And it changes us. Uh, sometimes we find that uh, we have committed sins that we didn't know were sins. Uh, for instance, uh, there the uh, the the charge against unintentional sins. There are times where um, later I've had to go back to a member and ask forgiveness for something that I did or didn't do mm. that I should have done, mm-hmm. and, um, and 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 so we we it changes us to keep our eye on Christ under living under grace to keep our eye on his commandments to be uh, like him and to obey him ourselves, to teach our family uh, these things so that our family, um, our children can be saved. Our uh, wife understands what you're doing in the ministry. And there's a unity there between you two as you uh, labor for the Lord in the church. There's so many um, uh, things that change a pastor in the process and we all are learning as we go. Um, you know the application of you know the law of God uh, to the Christian life is is uh, is at the at the heart of the purpose of Christ's redemption. And but what law does that include? The Mosaic civil laws? Does that mean the ceremonial laws? And we can duplicate the kind of worship they had in the old testament under the ceremonial laws. Um, You know, does that mean that we, uh, as uh, as Christians, uh, understand what law God calls us to obey in thanksgiving for his grace that he's brought to us? Um, And that creates not only the change in the pastor, but the change in the church. Because I do believe that the pastor's sanctification, his experience of Christ, has a great deal to do with people listening to his preaching and counseling, but also in living as a Christian. Mm. If, if you're if you're a dour uh, <laughs> uh, law keeper, and you know you don't have joy in Christ, you don't delight to see the people of God, um, and and show them that you love them as Christ loved you. Uh, you're not going to have the fruit of the spirit in that church. Amen. So,
1: yeah, well, brother, thank you for that. Very helpful. Uh, What sort of fruit have you personally seen in your ministry uh, from trying to rightly apply the law and the gospel?
2: Well, there are so many things that are related, of course, to the law and gospel, for instance, conversions. Uh, There, there are people who uh, have, uh, sought salvation, uh, but have not understood uh, that uh, what their sins are, um, or, or they're flippant about uh, bowing the head to Jesus and continuing to live as they are, uh, and 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 to have the understanding of law and gospel, and that the Christian obeys the law on, under grace. Uh, it helps helps to explain what it means to be converted to Christ. Um, and so I've seen conversions that have come from my application of the law and gospel always together, not separately. Today, I'm going to give you the law, you know, and uh, come back next time and I'll give you the gospel. That, does, that doesn't do anybody any good, including the pastor. Amen. But, uh, but uh, also holiness. Uh, I have seen... A, a pursuit of Christ likeness uh, with knowledge that is learning the commandments of Christ and applying them in, in their lives in ways that they had not before. And, and, and to see that pursuit of holiness where you're not just trying to seek an experience according to the higher life, second step Christianity, some kind of experience you, you have secondly after you're saved that you can, you just have power all over the place to always obey God, um, and uh, even have a, a, a tendency toward. Uh, to, to see people free from that bondage, reading the grace of God in Christ, and finally understand that even as Christians, when they sin, God still loves them, instead of hates them has been a tremendous joy in my life, to see people freed from the condemnation of the law by false teaching on sanctification. Um, Marriages, you know, if a husband and wife do not have a proper understanding of the gospel, then they will not forgive and love and serve each other as they should, because only in Christ can we do those things. But secondly, a right understanding of Christian ethics, Uh, where a husband and wife uh, are not on the same page concerning an ethical question or a decision they're about to make. And one thinks it's uh, absolutely commanded by God. The other one says, well, I don't see that in scripture. You can't can't come uh, to unity unless there's clarity on what is sin and what is not. And the law and gospel clears that up, not to mention uh, having uh, one heart together um uh, to think the same way about life, about what's important things or people, God or what you want to do uh, and so the law and gospel clears up Christian ethics it also the grace of God in the gospel uh, brings a unity to husbands and wives that they were not able to achieve before and that's been a joy and then church unity, um, Uh, When I first came here in Clinton, and I did the same at Heritage in in Fort Worth, um, my my goal was to teach the law and gospel theology to create a clear understanding of what is the gospel and what is Christian holiness uh, so that there could be unity uh, among the people. Ephesians 4 is very clear that we are not to be tossed about by every wind of doctrine, but rather Christian unity as Lord Jones wrote a little book on that is based upon soundness of doctrine and unity in that doctrine so that you not do not become uh, opinionated and inflated by your own pride and, and your own uh, opinions about thing and have to make others agree with you or you can't have fellowship with them. You know, church unity, uh, it's based upon sound doctrine, and then understanding Christian liberty, and understanding that our goal is to love unity in things essential, liberty in things non-essential. That means not commanded, mm-hmm. and and charity or love in all things. <clears throat> so, um, the fruit of that, and then and then just seeing our people, it, it's really been interesting. We do not have. Uh, I really have, n- have never had in, in, in my churches what would be called a program of evangelism. Now, there are times when I've uh, gone out into neighborhoods or we've gone out into neighborhoods and greeted people and tried to talk to them about the gospel. But so many people, so many Christians are clammed up in being able to witness to others because they think they have to have a full presentation right there. And they don't feel confident to basically preach a sermon to someone and and so the idea of gospel witness uh, tends to go to the specialists or those who have been trained to do it but but for a uh, a husband uh, to uh, love his wife and forgive her of her bitterness or anger toward him is evangelism because it is the example of Christ's likeness and the conviction of sin through his witness that enables him to explain uh, to her about forgiveness in Christ, about unconditional love, about um, um, humble service where you're seeking others' needs instead of your own. That's evangelism. And it's the same with children and and the wider family. I've, I've seen our people... We don't announce all the things where people witness to everybody, but when I talk to people, most of them are witnessing to somebody. Wayward children, unbelieving husbands, uh, people at work which hate God and and actually persecute the man at work because he will not lie with the rest of them. He won't enter into uh, profanity and profane conversations, Um, and and uh, it's hard. how to witness in those situations? I have men grow in that, women too, who have been able finally to sit down with someone and speak of Christ clearly to them. That's evangelism. It comes out of your life, out of your love for Christ, out of your personal uh, Christ likeness, and then uh, and and then in the process of understanding those things yourself, you have the resources you need to explain the Lord to others. Mm-hmm. You know, so much uh,
0: so much wisdom there, brother. Appreciate appreciate what you've said. And uh, while there may have been a little bit of internet uh, dropping in and out there, I trust that our listeners will um, gain a lot from from what we have heard today. So we want to thank you for joining us these last couple of episodes. So glad to talk to you about these things. Great to have you, brother Fred. Thank you very much. Of course, I want to thank everyone here for listening to the Modern Merriman podcast on the Man of God Network brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. If you'd like to know more about CBTS, please visit us online at cbtseminary.org. That's cbtseminary.org.
1: All right. Thank you,
2: brother. Sir.
1: Thank you so much. Thank
2: you, guys. And- Enjoyed it. Thank you. I think this is good. Y'all are doing this. That's great. <laughs> yes. Uh- Thank
1: Really enjoyed it. Thought you said very good things, very important. I, I
2: trust it'll encourage folks. I hope so. <laughs> God bless you guys. All right. Yeah, All, right. All right. Now, how do you get out of this thing? <laughs> uh,
1: well,
0: are you getting me are, out? You the bottom, do you see a, a red circle with an X in it? Yes.
1: Yeah. The studio. Yeah. Okay. Got it. <laughs> Bye, guys.